my perfect day on the water um, w- would be uh, probably floating in a nice medium-sized river, uh, stripping articulated streamers for, for smallmouth. Um, you know, I know there's there's a lot of people out there that are kind of like the top water junkies and stuff like that, but nothing nothing kind of gets my blood going more than that that kind of that a smallmouth just takes a streamer, um, you know, and and but like water where it's like you know just kind of clear enough to to see everything, and you know you can kind of see the fish come out of the wood, slam the that streamer uh and you know you get that like perfect strip set and it's it's all over from there you know so to me that's kind of that's that's a perfect day on the water welcome to the fly fishing 97 podcast featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry the fly fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by the folks at the fly crate Get double the flies when you join their monthly fly club for a fun way to learn fly fishing and discover new flies each month. Just use the code DOUBLETHEFLIES at checkout or stock up on flies for your next trip and get free shipping on all orders of $15 or more. Go to www.theflycrate.com to adventure by the fly. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Thanks for joining us this time around. We've got on the program Tony Macris. Now, Tony is from Semper Fly Rods out of Canal, Winchester, Ohio. Tony, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. So we're going to talk all things Semper Fly Rods. Um, Anything um, that's on your mind, fly fishing-wise, we'll get there. I always like to start the program off with a, a, a bit of your history. How did you get into fly fishing, Tony? So I started fly fishing uh, probably when I was was about six years old. Uh, I grew up on the East Coast, uh, New York and New Jersey. And my dad and uncle ran a uh, a charter boat out of, out of uh, Long Island. Uh, so we used to do a lot of the fishing shows and, and, and you know, expos and stuff like that. And, uh, never really, you know, I kind of like heard of it, but never really saw anybody fly fishing. A lot of one of those expos, there was somebody there that was fly fishing and, you know, kind of caught my eye. So, you know, I told my dad, I was like, I want to, I want to try that. You know, I want to, I want to learn how to do that. Uh, so he bought me like a, a little kid or something. And we went down to one of the local creeks that they, uh, stocked there or whatever. And, you know, ever since then I've, I've, I've kind of been hooked. So, uh, kind of gone in and out of fly fishing uh, my my entire life. Uh, you know, kind of right now, I guess I'm I'm in the the pinnacle of that where it's pretty much you know all I do anymore is is fly fish. Um, so you know it was something that kind of you know just sparked my interest and, and kind of took off from there. Yeah, I totally get that. It's uh, it's an all in mentality with most. I'm curious who who would you cite as, as some influences in your fly fishing? If you had to name a few, who would you look to for uh, kind of helping you? You know, and that's the thing. I guess I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of self taught. I mean, you know, there's there's all the classics out there. Lefty, uh, you know, Joe Humphreys, those those guys, kind of kind of guys I see as you know some of the pioneers of some of the the stuff that we do today. Um, you know, and, and a lot of the modern guys, um, that are out there kind of, kind of doing, you know, their own thing. Uh, you know, the guys that are on, on team USA, George Daniels, um, 
you know, Lance Egan, a lot of those guys have kind of, you know, really changed, um, you know, how people, I guess, perceive fly fishing, you know, in some aspects of it, and, you know, how, how you kind of can, can take fly fishing to, to another level. Um, so, you know, I, I, I kind of draw inspiration, I guess, from, from everybody, you know, I don't really hone in on one person and like, you know, I want to be like that dude, or, you know, I want to be like her or anything like that. Um, you know, for, for me, I kind of try to see what everybody's doing and, you know, try to make, make that, you know, my own or kind of weave it in the, into my style or, you know, whatever. Um, but there, there's definitely a lot of stuff you can learn out there. I mean, today's day and age, it's, it's pretty much unlimited, you know, almost to the point where it works too much information um <laughs> you know and 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 sometimes not enough application you know you kind of and and i think at, at sometimes that that frustrates people you know where you know back in the, on a river or learn a technique or something like that you had to do it a thousand times and you know screw up 999 before you got it right or whatever um now you can you know just kind of click on the internet and say i want to fish this river you know what do i need to do and all the information's there for you, you know? Um, yeah. So I, you know, I think, I think sometimes that, I don't want to say it waters it down, but it, you know, it takes away from, from some of, you know, what fly fishing, at least to me is, is kind of all about it. You know, for me, it's going out and try to, try to figure something out. I mean, you know, when I, when I started fly fishing, you know, the other thing my, my dad wanted me to do is like, well, you know, if you're going to fly fish, you're going to learn how to tie flies and stuff like that. So, uh, kind of pushed me into that as well. Um, at a young age, like, you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just wrapping feathers around a hook and, you know, I made a lot of things that I think look like bumblebees or something. I don't know, but you know, I'd, I'd catch bluegills on them. And to me, that was like the coolest thing. Like, yeah. you know, Hey, I made this and I just went and I caught a fish on it, you know? And I think that's the big part of it too. Uh, you know, and, and you see a lot of that today, uh, with a lot of the stuff that I, that I do for, for project killing waters, um, you know, you, you see guys tie flying and go out and catch something on. It's like the best thing in the world for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think, I think some of that, uh, is, is kind of really what, what draws me to it. You know what I'm really curious about Tony is how you basically got started building rods and because that's another, I mean, it's one thing to learn the, the fly tying rod building is a very specific, um, art and craft and, and, and tell us how you got into that. So again, that was, that was something that somewhat started out of necessity. Um, you know, with, with my dad and, and uncle owning, uh, the charter, you know, we would, we would beat up rods, you know, a lot of deep sea fishing, saltwater fishing and stuff. It wrecks havoc on gear. Um, kind of expensive year after year you know replacing you know some doing that so uh the one of the rods that that we used at the time um i actually stopped making it it was a you know 200 pound class rod uh and they 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 quit making that rod um so we found a, a local tackle shop uh which is which was in long island that that actually you know sold the stuff to build rods and, uh, you know, uh, the blanks and everything. So, you know, my dad kind of, he's an engineer. He, he kind of figured out, you know, how to build his own jigs and stuff like that and built his own jigs. And, you know, next we're spending the winters, you know, building rods and repairing rods and stuff. Um, it was kind of cool. So, you know, another thing that's kind of cool, you know, you go and you, 
you you build your own rod and then you go you know you catch a fish on it and it's like you know wow that's 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 really awesome hmm. uh and, you know one of the first rods that, that i built was a you know a big um it was on a fenwick blank it was a big you know 200 pound class rod uh and you know we took it out out of center riches out of long island and, and went shark fishing and you know, caught like a, a 250 pound Mako on it. Wow. Um, you know, to me, it was the best thing in the world. You know, it's like, wow, this is, this is awesome. Um, you know, so it was, it's, it's kind of a cool experience. And, you know, over the years I've, I've dabbled in like spinning rods and stuff like that. And then kind of two years ago, you know, I, I really got into, to kind of just doing fly rods. Um, you know, I've bought fly rods and, and, kind of dabbled in, in building my own blanks and stuff like that over the years. But I, I kind of just like pushed everything else aside and kind of just, you know, specialized in the fly rods. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's, there's a, a, a couple of different reasons why I went that, that route. Uh, you know, for me, it's, it's kind of fun because, you know, you're, you're most of, most of the rods that I build are four piece rods. So, you know, it's, it's like you get to sit down and almost build four rods and, you know, kind of put your time and effort into it and stuff and uh, versus, you know, just one laid out, uh, you know, spinning rod blank or something or, you know, even larger rod. Right. Uh, so it's, it's kind of, kind of, kind of progressed from a necessity to, you know, some, something I can use to, to kind of help support um, some of the, the, the causes that I, I believe in. I'd, I'd love to talk about that, Tony, if you would. So um, since you started Semper Fly Rods, Tell us um, where some of these proceeds go and, and tell us about your business. Sure. So, you know, one of the reasons why I started the business um, was to give back uh, to the veteran community. You know, I've been involved with, with Project Healing Waters for, for quite a few years. Um, and I was kind of looking for my own outlet to, you know, give back to the veteran community. So when I started this, I, you know, I decided to to send uh, 10% of my rod sales to the, the Semper Fi Fund. Um, you know, and for people that aren't familiar with the Semper Fi Fund, it, it provides, you know, direct financial support um, and assistance uh, for combat wounded, critically ill, um, you know, catastrophically injured service members and their families. Um, how, you know, a lot of people hear the Semper Fi Fund and they think it's, it's you know, strictly for, for Marines, but it's not true. It, it does, you know, they do help all, all service members, uh, mm-hmm. all branches of service and their families. Um, you know, it's, it's a really outstanding organization for, for what they do. And, you know, a lot of their events, uh, and, you know, the amount of money that goes, that goes to the, to the vets and their families is kind of why, uh, you know, I chose them as, as, um, the organization that I wanted to support. Right. And then on top of that, you know, we, I, I do a lot of donation rods for, for different organizations. Um, again, most of the organizations are, are either, you know, uh, centered around families or veterans. Uh, there's a outfit out in Wyoming called hunting with heroes. I, I do some rods for them for some fundraisers. Uh, you know, uh, project healing waters obviously is another one that, that I do, uh, stuff for, and then every year I usually do a, a rod raffle where, you know, I'll build a rod or do a rod combo or something like that. Um, and then, you know, do like a $5 raffle 
uh, get your chance, you know, five chances to, to win the combo. And then I take all of the money from that and I, I donate it to Toys for Tots. Um, so I usually do that around this time of year. We actually have one going on right now uh, where we're giving away a, a Semper Fly Rod, uh, some Scientific Anglers line, and uh, a Ross reel. So, nice. um, you know, really, really good opportunity to, to kind of, you know, help make sure that, that, that every kid gets a Christmas. Um, so that's, that's going pretty good. And, you know, usually a, a couple hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or something that we get to send the toys for tot. So uh, I know, you know, and then uh, another good organization uh, that the majority of the money goes, you know, directly to the cause. Um, so. Awesome. We're chatting today with Tony Macris of Semper Fly Rods from Canal, Winchester, Ohio. Um, let's talk about the rods now. It sounds like you're doing some amazing things with your company, helping a lot of great causes that are near and dear to your heart. L- let's talk rod specifics, if you don't mind, Tony. What uh, what are you building? Like, what type of blanks are you working with here? So the, the blanks that we build on are, are our capers. Um, you know, these, these are our that we have the blanks uh, built for us and we, you know, we do all assembly here in the United States. Um, the only exception to that is our Enyo rod, which is our, our Enyo series rod, which is our Euro nymphing rod. Mm-hmm. Um, that rod is, is manufactured overseas, but it was developed uh, here in, in the United States and it was, it was tested here uh, in the States and, and also overseas. Um, but right now uh, we have our Aries series, which is our, our medium fast, a uh, series of rods, probably our, our most popular series. Um, you know, it's kind of relaxed style, easy casting rod. It's going to fit most applications. Uh, then our bronze back, it's a little faster action rod. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, designed kind of more around your, your bass fishing, um, uh, you know, maybe some light saltwater stuff. Uh, our Enyo series is, is our, you know, pipeline nymphing, your nymphing competitions the 10 foot three weight uh it's just a phenomenal rod uh the euro thing was definitely not in my wheelhouse uh some people at our team you know kind of pushed pushed me in that direction and we went ahead and and kind of designed the blank and had a couple of different renditions of it you know i want to say we had probably uh 10 different tapers before we actually settled on something that everybody was comfortable with and so I've kind of, you know, learned to pick up that style of fishing and stuff. And it's just, it's been kind of crazy how, how much the numbers increase and then also the size of the fish increase <laughs> on that style of fishing. Uh, so I know, I know some people kind of turn their nose up at it and, you know, I, I have to admit I was one of those people, uh, until I started fishing it and, and you know, I just couldn't, couldn't believe how, how effective it is. I mean, it's, well, it's crazy effective. That's just it. It's hard to uh, hard to knock it when yeah. it works, right? I I have a total right. I mean, total novice fly rod building question. As, as this is sure. a question I always wanted to ask a, a rod builder. Which side do you put the spine on? Does the spine should the spine? You know, is it if you're right handed and you're casting, is the spine always kind of on your back cast? I'm always kind of I've never really understood that. So I I. You know, the thing with modern graphite, you know, the the spine is on on some rods and, and some mandrels. It's not as it's not as defined uh, as as it you know used to be in the past. Um, you know, the 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 technology has come such such a long way, mm-hmm. and um, 
and you know, me, uh, I, I spy in a rod and then I, I put the guides on, on the inside. So mm-hmm. the, the, the stiffer side is, you know, on, on the back cast, right. um, you know, to, to me it, and doing that and, you know, I, I could be completely off my rocker, but it, it, it provides a little bit of consistency to how the rod's gonna, gonna perform. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it makes it a little bit truer to, to the, to the grain weights and line sizes and stuff like that, that we designed the rod towards. Right. Um, you know, there's, there's guys out there that build on the straightest axis of the plank, um, you know, and they don't really take spine into consideration. They're just looking for a cosmetically perfect rod. Right. right? Um, and you know, in, in fly fishing, there's probably nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of larger manufacturers out there. Um, so, you know, but my preference is, is to kind of put that, that, that stiffer on the, on the back half. Sure. Uh, and that's, that's, it's kind of, uh, you know, how, how I've built them. And then, you know, it, it, I, I build it similar to building, uh, a spinning rod. Yeah. So that, that's how I would, I would, I would build well, the, that makes sense. The spine out on a, on a fly rod. I've, yeah. I've read quite a few books on rod building and, and built quite a few rods myself. And I, I, it was something that I always wanted to ask a, a rod build. Never, never really thought to. Um, so tell me if somebody is looking to check out your rods online, uh, as I did earlier, um, what's the best way to do that? Where can we find you? So the, the best way to find us is through our website. It's just www.semperflyrods.com. Mm-hmm. You know, we're also on Instagram and Facebook. Um, so we're at Semper Fly Rods. Um, you know, you can message me there, email me, uh, text me, um, you know, and, and we'll, we'll get in touch with you pretty quick. Um, you know, and then in addition to these series that we have, we have a new series that, that we're coming out in uh, 2020 with uh, that I just kind of put the finishing touches on those uh, cosmetic for, for that rod. And that's our Clear Creek series. Uh, and it's it's kind of a – it starts out as, as in a 662 weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have a, wow. a 793 weight, um, an 8-foot an eight 5 weight, um, and – think there's a seven foot four weight too. Uh so it's kinda kinda locally there's a little creek right out here by me that's called Clear Creek. Uh that's kinda like it's my little go to spot out there and like the gateway to Appalachia out there <laughs> in uh, uh you know kinda like south central Ohio. Um but it's you know it's it's just a real nice scenic river. Um it's usually crystal clear uh and a pretty decent you know smallmouth bluegill type spot uh and then the here in the winter time they they some some catchable rainbows so Mm -hmm. uh it's a really really fun spot to go out there and and, you know just kind of mess around when you're in catching fish when you're in your home base of canal winchester where do you go to talk fly fishing? Is there a local shop you go to or a coffee shop or watering hole? Yeah, you know, we have a, a, a decent shop. It's, you know, it's not like in town. I mean, it's it's in Columbus. Um, really, really great shop. Great, great group of guys there. It's Mad River Outfitters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if I'm going to... I'm going to go and, you know, try to find out what's going on and stuff. That's, those are the guys I'm going to talk to. Um, 
you know, uh, so that's, it's a good, good spot to go, you know, chat it up and, you know, very selection of, of, of gear and flies and, uh, tying materials and that. So, uh, and, and again, just, just probably the, the, the best group of, of people there you can ask for, uh, to, to kind of help you with stuff. So important to have a fly shop nearby like that, that you can kind of get your fix, get a lay of the land and, and kind of get inspired. Absolutely. I'm going to fire a few rapid fire questions at you, Tony. You ready for this? Oh boy. Okay. There we go. They're, they're not, <laughs> I'll do my best. I promise you they're not hard. Dry fly <laughs> or nymph? Oh man. Uh, nymph. <laughs> Bengals or Browns? <sighs> Giants. Giants. <laughs> Browns, um, Browns or it, rainbows? Oh, uh, I say the Browns. What your favorite rod that you make? Your go-to? The bronze back. Okay, that's a little faster action. It is, um, and yeah, it's towards uh, you know the bass fishing and, and smallmouth is, is kind of my passion. So cool. Um, but it's I, I've used it. I've used it for everything. I mean, I've, I've used it for red, uh, tarpon down in, in Mexico and stuff. So, well, uh, okay. it's a great, what, uh, let's talk tunes. What are your favorite tunes to listen to on, on route to the water? If, if you're not walking. Oh man. <laughs> uh, I have a pretty diverse, uh, uh, taste in music. It, it really, you know, it, it kind of depends on, on the mood and, 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 that I'm in. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm I'm kind of like an old metal guy. You know, I like like Judas Priest, Black Sabbath. Oh, nice. Uh, you know, and then anything you know to to from that to to country music yeah. to the Grateful Dead to you know it, it just it it really depends. I'm all over the place when it comes to that. What's your biggest takeaway since you started Semper Fly Rods? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is for me anyway, is, you know, with us, all of our rods are made to order, right? So we don't, um, with the exception of our annual rod, we don't mass produce anything. Um, so that kind of gives me the ability to, you know, talk directly with the client and kind of see like what they're looking for, what they're fishing for, mm-hmm. putting the right rod in their hand. Um, you know, we personalize all of our rods. Um, all of our rods are dedicated to a service member, um, you know, that, that, that kind of paid the ultimate sacrifice. So, um, all of those kind of personal touches, you know, mean a lot to me. And then when the client uh, and stuff like that, you know, they catch a fish and they send me a picture or, you know, they, they're like, Oh, you know, I love this. It's, it's the best thing. It just, it, it makes me feel good because, you know, I, I gave somebody a product that they love and they enjoy and, you know, they're out there doing what they love and enjoy. Um, it, it's given them, you know, a break from reality or whatever it is. And, and then on top of that, you know, we're help supporting vets and their family. So it's just like, a, it's just a thing, you know, just kind of makes me, uh, feel good about what I'm doing. And, you know, when I have the, the late nights on, on the bench and stuff like that, or the early mornings, and you know, it all kind of, it makes it worth it for me. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love it because, you know, anything yeah. done with passion, uh, you can never go wrong. And the fact that you're also helping out other people, I, I, that, that to me, I just love it when businesses are, are run that way. It's, uh, you know, there's not enough people doing that, and kudos to you. I'd Thank l- you. 
I'd like you to kind of explain and paint a picture for us, Tony. If, if you were to have your perfect day on the water, what does that look like? Kind of walk us through that. Oh, so, you know, my perfect day on the water um, w- would be uh, probably floating in a nice medium-sized river, uh, stripping articulated streamers for, for smallmouth. Um, you know, I know there's there's a lot of people out there that are kind of like the top water junkies and stuff like that, but nothing nothing kind of gets my blood going more than that, that kind of, that a small mouth just takes a streamer, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I, but like water where it's like, you know, just kind of clear enough to, to see everything. And, you know, you can kind of see the fish come out of the wood, slam the, that streamer. Uh, and you know, you get that like perfect strip set and it's, it's all over from there, you know? So to me, that's kind of, that's, that's a perfect day on the water. Are you uh, wading or are you uh, drifting? What does that look like? So it'd be, it'd probably be drifting, you know, so we can cover a lot of water. Yeah. Waiting, waiting for smallies and stuff like that is, it, it's good, but you know, I, I like to cover a lot of water, get a lot of opportunities at them and stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, you definitely, it's almost like hunting, isn't it? When you start targeting those smallies, cause I, I do a bit of that myself and, that initial take is really addictive because they really smack it. Yeah, it's second to none uh, in my so, mind. So you know, to me, that's that's kind of that's kind of that's the drug for right there. Yeah, makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Is there anything that you think we can do better when it comes to fly fishing or differently? Is there anything that bothers you that we're doing out there? I think we just need to like not take it so serious. Uh, you know, I, I see a lot of, yeah, it depends on, on what lens you look at it, but you know, a lot of the stuff on the the internet with, you know, and you know, it's, it's like anything else. I guess if you, if you, if you get involved in it, you can, you can, you can kind of do it too much, you know, and, and believe it or not, that's even true in fishing. And, you know, me personally this year, I kind of, I kind of took a little bit of a break from, you know, being obsessed with, oh, I gotta go fishing and I gotta, you know, I kind of try to spend, you know, um, with my family and, and then, you know, focusing on my business and, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, kind of being obsessed with, you know, I gotta do this, I gotta fish, I gotta do that, you know, so, um, <laughs> I, I kind of planned my trips out a little bit better and stuff, but I, I, you know, I think sometimes people, you know, you can, you can take it too serious and, and, um, you know, it's okay to go out not catch anything right yeah uh f- for me you know fly fish is so much more than catching fish right i mean you know like i said it's it's with the fly you know just kind of being outdoors and in, in nature and you know uh waist deep in a river and just kind of like stopping and, and and reflecting on that i think sometimes people kind of forget that and you know, they're looking for the, the grip and grin or, you know, the, the hero shot or, and, you know, all that stuff's awesome. And it's great when you go out there and, you, you know, you catch a bunch of fish or, you know, you, you know, you catch your personal record or whatever the case may be. But yeah. um, if, if that's all you're out there for, you know, for me, it's kind of, you lose sight of, of, of the bigger pitch. Well, do you know what um, I, f- I find and, interesting, Tony, about that is like, you know how 
like Facebook or uh, Instagram, any any social media, really. People are kind of putting their best experiences out there, right? So you think everybody's living these dream lives, right? It's like, oh, this guy's catching yeah. uh, 10 pound uh, brown trout every day, where in right. fact, he might have 20 yeah. angles of the same fish, or maybe the five trips before never touched a fish. You know, you know what I mean? I was. Yeah. It, it depends yep. how we look at it. Yeah, there there is one guy on our team that that's from Spain that you know, uh, he he, um, you know, kind of works my blood pressure because I mean he he does put up some some nice fish. I've never really seen him fish, and maybe he only takes pictures of the big fish, but uh, he's kind of he's kind of got a, a little special spot there where he's at where it's just you know loaded with. Uh, some really big sea run browns, uh, right. you know, so he's, he's got, he's got kind of a bit of a little honey hole there. Sea run um, browns. That sounds but, like you know, it's, it's, oh yeah, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Uh, but you know, you're right. I mean, it, and, and I think that's the other thing is, is some of that stuff can, can discourage somebody that's kind of new to the sport too. Right. Where, you know, they see these people and, you know, they may be fishing the same river in the same area and, you know, they're like, oh, well, you know, why are these guys, you know, always catching all these fish and stuff like that or whatever. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to me, like, you know, I, I have just as much fun going out there and, you know, busting out a three weight and, and hitting a bunch of bluegills than, you know, going out there and, and fishing for smallmouth. I mean, to me, it's, you know, it's just about being out there and, and putting a fish on the line and, and enjoying the outdoors. So, um, yeah. you know, sometimes you know, doing that stuff, it, it kind of helps you remember why you got into it in the first place. Yeah. Um, so. Does, have, do you find that as you've learned and developed your, your skill in, in crafting, uh, making fly rods, does it help your fly fishing in any way, shape or form? <laughs> the fly rods uh, themselves, like, like building fly rods. Yeah. Stuff, like or? just the process, like, you know, when you tie flies, you kind of, for somehow, I, I don't even know how to verbalize it, but it somehow seems to help when you're fishing. I would imagine that understanding how the rod works, how it's made, uh, you know, where the spine is and feeling that rod, I would think that building them, you, you would be a little closer to it. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it's definitely made me look at things differently when it comes, when it comes to rods. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll fish just about anything. I'm, I'm not picky. I'm not a like, Oh, and you know, I need an extra fast action this or that, or, you know, I, I, fast action rods have their, their time and their place and stuff. And, you know, I, I fish some glass, uh, from, from time to time. And, you know, for me, sometimes I'll, I'll kind of challenge myself on a, on a rod that I'm building that I'm going to fish for a, a specific application or something. Um, you know, to where, you know, I want this rod for, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw articulated streamers on this rod and, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll try some, some different things and how I build it. And that kind of affects the way, you know, I approach, you know, that, that trip or the, you know, that, um, that rod and, and how I fish it and where I fish it and stuff. So I, I think it's, it's made me, um, a little bit more aware of my surroundings and, and like having the right tool you know, for that, for that body of water or, you know, for that situation. Um, so it's, it's definitely, you know, kind of made me understand more about the equipment and, and how to use it. And, um, you know, when a fast action rod is needed, 
you know, when to kind of line up or line down in different situations and stuff. Uh, so I, I think a lot of that, you know, is, is, is beneficial. And, you know, I, I hear a lot of people, they'll, they'll bad mouth, you know, this rod manufacturer, that rod manufacturer, whatever, you know, first thing somebody calls is like, Oh, you know, I have this rod and it just doesn't feel right. I was like, well, what doesn't feel right about it? Well, you know, it's, it's too slow. And I was like, well, you know, try changing your line, you know, um, before you go out and spend, you know, $700 on something you may not need. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, kind of playing around with stuff like that has, has kind of helped me understand the gear a little bit different and, and, and how it interacts and, and, you know, how you put things together, and, uh, you know, kind of make it all come together on, on the water. Well, you think of all the options we have when it comes to specific fly rods. I mean, you mentioned, uh, I think a six and a half foot two weight. And then you, then you look at like a super long, like a 10 foot Euro nymph rod. I mean, the, the possibilities are endless and, and it's about finding your sweet spot, right? Right. And you know, that's, that's the other thing. A lot of people need to be, need to be honest about, you know, what they're doing. They need to be honest about their ability and, um, you know, what they're fishing for. I mean, $900 rods are, are great in, in the right hands and $200 rods are great in, in the right hands. And, um, they, they may not belong, uh, in, in, you know, you, you may not be able to switch up that equation and have the same results. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think people need to kind of, kind of understand their own casting style and, and, um, you know, what fits them best and, you know, what they're fishing for and how they're fishing. You know, I recently did, did something, uh, for a guy. He's like, Hey, do you, do you build ice rods? And I was like, well, you know, I've never built an ice rod, but I'd love to build you one. What are you looking for? Uh, and he basically wanted a fly rod, you know, real seat and grip set up on a, on an ice rod blank on a, you know, three and a half foot ice rod blank. And I was like, Oh yeah, you know, we can, we can definitely do that for you. And we kind of took it and laid it out and, you know, I showed him what I was thinking and he's like, yeah. So, uh, you know, he basically uses it to, you know, kind of jig nymphs off the side of his kayak and it's successful, <laughs> you know, and, and it, it makes sense. Right. Um, yeah. you know, something, something you kind of, you know, wouldn't really think about doing, or it's, it's very unconventional. And, you know, if you, if you pulled up to, uh, you know, the dream stream and, and had an ice rod in your hand, people would probably look at you funny. Um, <laughs> but you know, when you start catching fish, they might be like, well, maybe the guy's on something, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's stuff like that, that, that kind of gets me, you know, thinking like there's, there's other ways to do this, you know? And, and, um, you know, maybe there's, there's, there's different things or there's, there's different, uh, ways that we, that we haven't kind of put in the application yet to, to catch fish, you know, we're, we're, everybody's in the, well, we need a nine foot rod to, you know, cast 80 feet and, uh, you know, get a drift going or something like that. When, you know, you might be able to just hang something off the side of the boat and <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's Think definitely outside the box. Right. Right. It's definitely something, you know, thinking about some of the water that I've fished and, and some of the areas that I've, that I've floated, uh, that, that I can, you know, probably see something like that actually, actually working, you know, mm-hmm. uh, where, yeah. you know, you, you don't need a long cast, you, you know, maybe just a, you know, a 10 or 15 foot roll cast and, and a drift and, you know, there you go. I'm curious if you've got any crazy fish stories from your time on the water. Um, they don't always come to mind, but is there anything little different that might have happened while you were fishing 
I mean, I got, you know, my, my, my fishing career spans a, a couple of decades and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I, I, I've got tons and tons of stories, um, you know, that, that span back from the, from the deep sea fishing days and stuff, but, you know, it's, this is, this is going to, um, you know, back when, when we, we had the, the charter boat, um, mm-hmm. and we were fishing out of a place called the Hudson Canyon, which is around a hundred miles offshore, uh, you know, off of, off the coast of, of New Jersey, which is where we were at the time. Um, and we had fished all day. We caught a bunch of, you know, bluefish and, uh, tuna and it was kind of, kind of towards night, you know, we caught a, a decent sized dusky shark that we, we kind of capped and we had it hanging from the, from a din pole off the side of the boat and we were going to take it and cut it up and chum it and use it for shark fishing later in the, in the week. We were out there for probably about three days. We were going to stay out there. You know, everybody's like, ah, oh, we're going to turn in, uh, you know, went in and, and, and hit the rack and 20 minutes later the boat just like completely like jerked sideways like it felt like like it was going to capsize uh we rogue wave or a ship went by you know what happened so everybody scrambled deck i kind of noticed i said where's the shark (laughs) you know and uh we look up probably order the tail hanging there uh so something just came up and and (laughs) took the damn shark off the, off the gym, uh, and pretty much almost, almost pulled the damn boat in the water. Uh, so yeah, it was a pretty, pretty, uh, scary, scary moment there. Uh, and ever, ever since then, we've, we've kind of learned that if we, if we do that overnight, we make sure that it's hanging inside the boat and not outside (laughs) the boat. Um, so, you know, kind of lesson learned there, but I mean, I got, you know, we can be here for days, uh, going through, going through some of those adventures. That's good stuff though. I, I love, I love hearing weird stories like that. That, that <laughs> yeah. is kind of, that's kind of freaky. So yeah, you figure was, that was a big gray white or what do you yeah, think it I was? I mean, that's about what I would assume. I mean, um, yeah. you know, I, I don't know what else could have, could have taken that. Cause I mean, the, the, the shark that was hanging there, it was you know, probably a good, you know, seven foot, eight foot maybe um so you know it, it was hanging a pretty pretty good distance in the water and stuff and again it was just kind of like one of those like rookie mistakes like we weren't thinking about well if we're hanging the shark in the water you know something might come up and eat it and uh you know when, when sharks hang upside down a lot of times they their stomach turns inside out and stuff so i was probably hanging in the water and just dragging there so uh yeah it's kind of funny looking back on it now but it's Trolling for shark. There you <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tony, I really want to thank you for coming on the podcast and taking the time. I love what you're up to with Semper Fly Rods. Uh, we've been chatting today with Tony Macris of Semper Fly Rod Company out of Canal, Winchester, Ohio. Tony, thanks so much. Thank you. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water. (laughs) 